I remember the first time I said I love you, and not the friend I love you or family I love you, the love that can only come from a place of sheer vulnerability and terror. Albert and I were laying in bed together one morning. He brushed the hair from my face, looked at me, and told me he loved me. I looked at him and told him I loved him too. We laid there in the morning light, letting the words we had just spoken sink in, his hand resting on my face and hearing each breath being taken. I'm not sure if I had imagined what that moment would feel like, but it was so natural, so simple, so unabashedly honest. It came so easily off the tip of my tongue. When love is true, when love is pure, when love is undeniable, it comes in like this wave of ecstasy over your body, so electric, so calm, so all-consuming. To think about the love we shared can be painful. I miss our companionship, our quibbles, our little moments of just us. I miss his touch, the way he would look at me from across a room with wanting in his eyes. I miss being wanted. I miss how he would insist on us kissing each night before bed. Just in case, he would say. Hmm. Just in case. The word love comes with a plethora of quotes, songs, and images flooding my mind, but none so loudly as two pictures from our life together. The first is one from our wedding. We are dancing, and Albert is holding my hand to his lips and kissing it his eyes closed, showing his love for everyone to see. I see that picture and get choked up because that is love. The second image is from the night Theo was born. Albert is standing over Theo and I, his hand resting on my head and the biggest grin on his face. I'm smiling and happy and tired. Little Theo is surrounded by the ultimate love from Albert, me, my sister Nicole, and her now husband Justin. Love can mean many things, but at its core, it is selfless and unconditional. Am I confused? Yes. Is this going to get weird? It already has. Am I scared? Shitless. Let's go down the widow rabbit hole together. Thank you for listening. This is How I Got Back to My Childhood Bedroom. Love. For some, it is the epically beautiful scene in the pouring rain from the notebook, or a passionate kiss on a bustling New York City street. Maybe an image of growing old together, holding hands. For others, it is a more quiet endeavor. Little acts of admiration, whether that be cooking dinner or making sure the toilet paper roll is set to the proper over position. <laughs> Then there are the moments where the words are spoken in their most true and honest form. Everything seems to stand still. It feels like the first snow, this stunning moment of childlike wonder. Your eyes wide, your smile incandescent, your cheeks flush, your heart racing. Albert was a hopeless romantic. He loved love. He also loved showing his love. <laughs> Whether it was the way he would grab my butt in public and I would nudge him and say, stop that, even though I secretly liked it, or the way he would touch my leg under a table. 
the way he would sometimes be a little inappropriate in the back of a cab. Then there was the way he would hug me like it was the last hug ever to be recorded on earth. The way he beamed with pride when he got to hear me sing again in front of an audience. The way he would tell me how beautiful I was even after Theo had just spit up on me. Together we learned what true, deep, and meaningful love is. His I love you's were always filled with unbridled passion for me. The one thing I heard the most after he died was how much he loved Theo and I, that we were his world. If that isn't a testament to his love for me and for Theo, I truly don't know what is. The last time Albert and I said, I love you, was the night before he died. He was in the hospital and he called me. I was laying in bed getting ready to go to sleep. We talked about what was going on and what the doctors were doing to get him well. He said that he loved me and I told him I loved him too. I never thought that would be the last time. I encourage you to listen to these five strong, brave, and bold women as they share their first and last I love yous. They choose to live fully when they so easily could choose not to. They get up every morning and get shit done, even when their hearts are breaking. It doesn't matter if you lost your person eight months ago or eight years ago. The sadness always comes. Death comes in many forms. Nikki lost her dear husband, Philip, to cancer. Jillian, her sweet fiancé, Stephen, in a car accident. Micah, her adoring husband, to kidney failure. Chrissy, her loving long-term boyfriend, John, to suicide and Nicole, her devoted fiancé, Cam, to a tragic accident. You may notice that not all these women were married to their person. In the widow community, we believe that a piece of paper does not signify widowhood. They lost their person just as much as anyone has. They have every right to grieve and be a part of this community. All are welcome. Every death is devastating, no matter the cause or when it happened. We have many things in common— but the biggest is love. My name is Nikki Moore. My husband, Philip, passed away five years ago. Our first I love yous were in a hotel room. We both worked for the same retail company and we were out of town. And even though we both had separate hotel rooms, of course we were in each other's every night. So as we would do, Late at night, rubbing each other's back, we'd always draw something or say something. And for the first time, he drew the words, I love you, on my back. I, of course, in turn, did the same for him. The last I love you's was when Philip was out of ICU and was having a better day. And it was a regular conversation, and he said, I said, I love you, and he said it back, and he passed away. Hi, my name is Jillian, and the first time we said I love you was summer of 2005. We had recently graduated from high school, and we were sitting on my mom's couch in her living room, and the last time we said I love you was March 2011, 
we were standing at my car at his dad's house. His dad was having a cookout and I had to leave early. So I gave him a kiss, said I love you, I left, and he never made it home that night. He was in a car accident. Hi, my name is Micah, and I wanted to share the story of how my husband, Michael, said I love you for the first time. Um, we were in a long-distance relationship, and Michael one time sent me a number, A31. I asked him what it meant, and he described the word I love you broken down um, into eight letters, then three words, and one meaning. That has become a very special number for me. It just signifies the love that we have for each other. Um, I'm choking up a little bit, I'm sorry. But it truly touched me that he came up with that all by himself. And to this day, whenever I see that number, I sometimes cry a little very personal. Michael passed away um, due to complications uh, from kidney failure. Um, he was at hospice at the time and I had to take care of the home that we rented. And as I was cleaning it feverishly, getting everything ready um, just to get back and be next to him, go back running to him, I remember passing by the area where he used to work with his tools and all of that. And um, I remember thinking of the number 831 in that area. And it just so happens that right around that time that I was walking around there, the nurses uh, were getting ready to call me and tell me that he had passed away. And I really felt that he was there at the time saying his last goodbye to me even though he couldn't have said it himself. Hi, my name is Chrissy. Um, and to be honest, I really don't remember the first time that John and I said I love you. Um, I think it's because we really fell for each other from our first date. And we didn't want that date to end. And we kept finding reasons for it to keep on going. And it ended up with our talking until the wee early hours of the morning. So maybe around 4 or 5 a.m., we really became inseparable after that, but the thing is he had issues with expressing his emotions and I have a lot of emotions and I really didn't want to scare him away. So it was really some time before we verbalized our I love yous. Um, but after that, everything moved really fast and maybe it was meant to be that way because his time here on earth was really short. I would say that the I love yous came maybe a few months after we became official, which is probably around four months after we actually started dating. Um, the last verbal I love you was over the phone, and it was the day before he took his own life. Um, it was just a random call. I was driving home from my second day at work, asking if he wanted to go out for dinner, which he didn't. And it was just really a normal conversation about how our days went and um, the last I love you was via text um, assuming a few hours before he ended his life 
I would send him reminders throughout the day that I was thinking about him and that I loved him. Uh, On that day, his reply was, thank you, I love you. And that was the last communication I ever received from him. Cameron and I went to the same middle school. I knew of him, but never hung out or really interacted much. We went to different high schools, so naturally, that was the end of that. Or so I thought. I decided senior year, I should at least make it to one high school dance to get the full experience. So I went to homecoming. Towards the end of the night, someone shouted my name across the dance floor. I look over and see this handsome, thick-haired, blue-eyed guy that I didn't recognize. Hi, and you are? I asked. It's Cameron, he replied with the biggest smile on his face. So we started talking and catching up, and soon after, it was time to leave. The next day, I decided there was something about this guy, so I added him on MySpace. Yes, MySpace. That tells you how long ago that this happened. We started messaging and talking every day, but only after 9 p.m. though, because that's back when no one had unlimited minutes and our parents would kick our teenage asses for going over the family plan time. He would come over frequently and sneak in, sorry mom, and spend the night. Two days before my 18th birthday, we were laying in the bed watching TV. I could feel his heart pounding. His head was on my chest. I was stroking his hair and he goes, I think I love you. Then he looks back at me and goes, no, I know I do. I love you, Nicole. And the rest is history. We spent almost 11 years together, bought a house, and had two amazing little girls. We had our ups and downs as anyone would, going from teenagers to adults with someone, growing in different directions. It was tough, but I loved him and we got through it. He was a drinker and loved whiskey. He had a best friend that lived on our street and they would drink quite often after work. This particular day, he had been drinking and hanging out with his friend all day because work was stressful, house renovations were stressful, and he just wanted to have a good time and let loose for just one day. I'm usually pretty in tune with my intuition, and something just felt off. I specifically remember that night saying, hey, be careful, please. I have a weird feeling. I don't want you to die tonight. And his response back was, oh, babe, stop it. Stop worrying. I'm not dying tonight. I'm going to make a pizza and then maybe head to the lake and then go to bed. Try to get some sleep. I love you. And that was the last time I heard him speak. A few hours later, an accident left him with a severe brain injury, one that he couldn't come back from. We spent three days in the hospital before he was declared brain dead, and his family and I made the decision to donate his organs so that he can continue to help others, even in his death. I spent those hospital days repeating to him in a one-way conversation that I loved him and I was sorry for everything, every bad moment that we had ever been through, every stupid argument, every pointless nag. It was the most heartbreaking thing that I have ever been through. Losing your loved one makes you really appreciate the things in life. I'm trying to move forward and live as best I can. I'm here to prove to my girls that as humans, we are so resilient and can overcome any obstacle. We can grow from the biggest heartaches and we can be stronger than we ever thought possible. Our life will never be the same, but we will continue to live for Cameron. His family and I talk about him often, keeping his memory alive for our daughters. Through this process and the last two years of being a young 30-year-old widow, I have learned to love deeper, laugh more, not take the people that I care about for granted, and appreciate every single moment, even during the struggles, because you just never know when it could be the last one. To feel real love, love that has no conditions or expectations is to touch the deepest part of the human experience, yet so many push it away and think they are undeserving of it. 
It doesn't matter if you have made mistakes, if you think you're not beautiful enough, if you feel unworthy because of your struggles and suffering. You are exquisite in every sense of the word. There's no one like you and someone will see that and proclaim that you are their person. I wish everyone to know what meaningful and courageous love is like I had with Albert and these women had with their person. Our love wasn't always movie worthy. We had spells of disenchantment, moments where we drifted from one another, especially once we had our son Theo. Raising children, keeping up with bills, and trying to have a romantic life is incredibly difficult. Some days, simply put, are just hard, while others seem to fall into place like a puzzle, every piece fitting perfectly. But at the end of the day, no matter the good or the bad, I always knew how he felt about me, and he always knew how I felt about him. When you lose the person that you had children with, maybe experienced your first kiss with, your first intimate moments with, the person who accepted your weird infatuation with lace doilies, and the person who knew every facet of you, it is like watching hope-filled balloons being popped right in front of your eyes, the confetti of dreams bursting midair and slowly hitting the ground. If you are lucky, you will get to say goodbye but that is not always the case. So love those around you. Treat people with kindness. Hold those you love so much tighter and every cliche out there. But also, lift up people you don't know. If I hadn't reached out, connected, shown grace, I would never have met these wonderful women. We are part of a tribe. A tribe of fearful but fearless women who have faced the unimaginable and are changing the world with our truth by simply speaking up and letting others know they aren't alone. Be true. Be you. Be real. Nikki, Jillian, Micah, Chrissy, Nicole, you are amazing. You are beautiful. You are an inspiration. Thank you. I can only hope that we can help each other. I would love to hear from you, whether it be questions, comments, your own personal stories, or topics you would like to hear discussed. Please visit anchor.fm slash Brianna Simpson and click on the send voice message button. On my private Facebook page entitled The Same as the Podcast, I share exclusives on upcoming episodes, guests, and a special Spotify playlist updated every week with songs that are inspired by each episode. I am Brianna, your friendly, quirky, next-door widow. Thank you for listening. This is How I Got Back to My Childhood Bedroom. <laughs>